On today's episode, former Real Housewives of Atlanta, reoccurring cast member and entrepreneur Tanya Richardson talks about launching her new lifestyle brand, Hey Lady, for women 40 and older. Well, when I think of lady, the word in general, I think of Lena Horne, I think of Felicia Rashad, I think of, you know, there's just so many women when I hear that name that comes to mind. So the lady for me is class, sophistication, it's style, it's all of those things wrapped up in one. And it's one of those things that when you see a lady, you know a lady. And Tanya shares what it's like to be on a hit reality TV show. And on The Coach's Corner, we're talking about the power of our words and how negative self-talk can impact your life. And I started saying myself, I started talking to myself that, you know what, Javeria, nobody is going to get married to you because you have this medical condition. Nobody is going to accept you. So these negative self-talks ended me into the wrong toxic relationship. Welcome to the Joy Sutton Show, where it's all about joyful conversations to inspire your life. When you show up in the world as the best version of yourself, you give other women the inspiration, courage, and permission to do the same. It's my time to take care of me. What made you think you could do it in your 50s? You know, I didn't think I could do it, to be honest with you. I was scared to death. We are all on our own journeys, but we can do this together. And there's something powerful about sharing our stories and the wisdom we've learned along the way. So let's dive into today's conversation and get to living our best lives. You have to step out on faith. You have to take the first step and go for it. Hey, lady, (laughs) I have a question for you. Are your best years behind you or ahead of you? I really want you to think about that. Just the other day, I was chatting with a friend who told me she was worried that she may have missed her opportunity. She is approaching 40 and those dreams in her heart have yet to come to pass. My message, it's never too late for you. I hope you let that sink in. That's why I'm excited to have entrepreneur Tanya Richardson on the show because her new lifestyle brand, Hey Lady, is sending a powerful message to all the women 40 and older. Tanya herself is a 40-something savvy businesswoman who truly symbolizes independence and power. She's an avid traveler, a fashion icon, an army veteran, a commercial actress, and a former reoccurring cast member on The Real Housewives of Atlanta season two. Listen in to the conversation. It all really came about because when I went searching for content, I couldn't find anything that was specifically directed at women over 40. Uh, I feel like advertisers either either advertise to millennials or seniors. And when you look at TV, those are the types of commercials that you see. Or when you do see a woman, a woman between the age of 40 and 55, she's probably like a soccer mom, which nothing wrong with being a soccer mom. Mm-hmm. But those are the commercials that you see. And so, you know, for me, I was like, not everybody's a mom. Right. And we are not all um, homogenous. You know, it's like we come in so many. We're, we're a variety. Yes. Different shapes, sizes, colors and all that. And I feel like at 40, there's kind of a turning point through your 40s where either the light gets turned on or mm. it gets turned off. Come on with it. 
<laughs> and I really wanted to be able to show women over 40 and a diverse background that are not just living, but also thriving. And that's where Hey Lady came from. I love the name. How did you come up with the name Hey Lady? Was that something that you used to say, like, hey, lady, how you doing? I mean, where did that come up from? Because it's creative. It's something that a lot of people say. But where was where was the impetus for that? So funny you asked that question. Hey, lady is something that my girlfriends and I say all the time when we call each other on the phone. Hey, lady. Hey, lady. And so when I started thinking about the name, I was on the phone with my best friend, Simone. Shout out to Simone. Simone. Uh, I was talking and she said, you know, Tanya, sometimes these things take years to come up with. And I said, I don't have years to come up with this name. And so we're brainstorming and she goes, what about Hey Lady? And I said, hmm. I like that. And she goes, no, 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 it's too simple. It's too, I said, no, it's perfect because it's something that we say all the time. My friends, uh, just everyone, they call me on the phone. Hey, lady. Hey, lady. And it's catchy. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was just perfect for the vibe of what I was going for. What does that hey, lady symbolize to you? Because you said it's something that you call your friends and it's something so simple yet really catchy. What did it mean for you? Well, when I think of lady, the word in general, I think of Lena Horne. I think of Felicia Rashad. I think of, you know, there's just so many women when I hear that name that comes to mind. So the lady for me is class, sophistication, it's style. It's all of those things wrapped up in one. And it's one of those things that when you see a lady, you know a lady. So it's mm. nothing that playing. You see it when you know, when you, when you know it, when you see it. Now, had this been something in your mind, because you know, 2020, we're now into 2021, but 2020 was a year, come on, right? For a lot of us. And many people could have sat down in that moment, but you chose this as an opportunity to move forward and to launch in the midst of COVID. What was it that said, now is the time? Was this something you thought about for years and then COVID hit and you're like, I've got to get this message out. Why now? So uh, I've been thinking about doing this for years. Um, I am someone that's always been into fashion. I love travel. And I've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years. Um, I was just trying to figure out how do I mesh the three together? Um, so I want to say about three years ago, I started pinning on Pinterest. And I would just, you know, pictures, selfies, uh, clothing, travel, anything that I had. And then I started noticing there was an audience that was coming mm. to where I could have 100,000 views a month on Pinterest. And I'm like, who are these people? Like, I'm just saying things I like. <laughs> I'm like, Milo, like, me? Okay. So What's I was on? like, there's something here, but I hadn't figured out a way to mesh the three together. And so COVID hit. And what happened was, because I do insurance, so I'm also an insurance agent. I own my own insurance practice. I closed my office last March, and so we were home, we were working from home. So it allotted me the time to really sit and start to brainstorm, and it just took off. The minute I decided to press that go button, God was like, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. Like, I could not sleep at night, Joy. I was up at 2 o'clock morning and he's just giving me ideas. And, you know, when God speaks, you have to listen. And I'm telling you within a matter of three weeks, 
I filed the trademark. I did the company. I got my uh, the other members that would help me to, to get it all together. And it just started to come. And it was, I won't say it was effortless, but it was just the right time, the right people. And it all just started to come together. And I was just floored. I was like, wow. I want to unpack that for just a second. Because like you said, this had been something you thought about for three years. And I love how good God is because he gives you like these breadcrumbs of what's to come. And you don't even have the have an idea of what he's setting you up for. So Not it was it. already a setup. You know, you doing the Pinterest. But to have that moment of the three weeks and to know that this was the time and then for it to take off, was that just a reassurance in your spirit that I'm where I'm supposed to be, that this is so needed right now? Absolutely. You know, and like I said, for me, it was I could not sleep. Like literally, I I don't know how many hours I slept in those three weeks. It wasn't much. Um, and it just again, he just kept feeding me. And then I also heard him say, if you do not do this now, that's it. So what happens often is that we have an idea, we want to do it, but we put it off. And then a year from now, somebody else will do Take it. The same idea. Same idea, right? And we're sitting back like, dang, I should have done it. And that's what I didn't want to happen. I did not want to have that feeling of, wow, I, I should have, I could have, but I didn't. And you know what's so powerful about that is there is a woman who's sitting there right now, right? She has that feeling. She has that thought like, God, I know there's something greater for me. I have that passion to do something. But that fear right? It's hard. Like you said, you know, you had these butterflies, you're thinking about this at night and it, you can't sleep. But a lot of people, we get there, we have that excitement and it builds. And then that fear comes in that says, why you? Can you make this happen? Is this the time? Why should you go for it? So did you have any fears or was there anything that made you pause? And how did you move past that? You know, I'm not someone who really deals in fear. Well, hey, that's good. Come on. <laughs> I'm being really honest. My my journey and the trajectory of my life has just really been a leap of faith from the beginning to where I am now. Um, we all say that fear is false evidence appearing real, right? So right. we don't have any evidence to support it, but we've already conjured up all of the reasons why it can't happen. And so I'm some I'm the person who thinks the opposite. I'm always, well, why not me? Why can't mm. I do it? That's where I start from. I never start from a place of fear. And I have to credit my mom for that because she never placed in me as a child the spirit of fear. And I think a lot of that comes from your upbringing. So even when I the first time I decided to move to Los Angeles, she said, go. You know, and I had a best friend at the time who I was trying to get her to come. And her mom was like, oh, you don't know anybody there. And, you know, just you sure? mm -hmm. all of those seeds in her. And she didn't do it until this day. She says to me, the one regret that I have is that when you first moved to L.A., I didn't go. So my mom was really good about not planning that spirit of fear. She her thing was always if it doesn't work out. You can always come back home. So I always knew that. So in anything that I do, I know that it's not going to be the end of the world if it doesn't. And sometimes your failures are good because they set you up for success, you know? And so I am just not a person who works from fear. I, that's not where I start. I always start from, oh, why not me? She did it. Okay, I can do it. 
that's really where I start from. And I think that's so powerful. And I hope that is a message that really sticks with the women today is that your mindset is everything. Mindset. Your mindset, you know, and, and it just goes back. I love that your mom, you know, implanted that in you. But I think about all the women who don't have that. But if they could just get their mindset right, like I love that you said, why not me? Exactly. Why can't I do this? Why can't I step out on faith? And in, and I love that you even broke that down, that what's the worst that could happen? That failure is important. And why did you say that? Because I want to tie into that because I think people, one of those fears is that what if it fails? What if I try this and it doesn't work out for me? I've put my name out there. I've put my brand out there. I've said I'm going to do great things, but what if it doesn't work out? How do you get past that? So for me, my first business would be considered a failure by society standards. Um, I had a hair salon and apothecary in Atlanta, Georgia, that did not do well. However, um, like I said, in your failures, you also learn. And so that business set me up for the businesses that I would have after that because it taught me all the things not to do, right? <laughs> so sometimes it's not always about doing everything the right way, but that business really taught me about overhead, about marketing, about uh, how to manage people. And so again, like I said, I learned so much from that, but it could be considered a failure to most, but to me, it set me up for the successes that I'm having today. Mm -hmm. Was it hard to get back up when you had experienced that? Because it, I'm sure it was like a dream for you to open this salon and to be doing that. Was it a challenge at all? Or were there times when you go, why I put so much into this? I mean, of course, you can look back hindsight and say, I've learned all of this and this has been amazing. But when you're in that moment and you've invested and, you know, you think it's going to be a success from what you experience or what you think will be. And then to see that not happening. What was that like? Did you have moments where you struggled with that? Absolutely. You know, when you put your heart and soul into something and it doesn't pan out the way that you expect it, absolutely, there's some disappointment that goes in that. But do you stay there? Come on. Or do you say, okay, that happened and really get real with yourself and understand why it happened. See, because that's what happens to a lot of people. They look at the situation, but they don't really assess it fully. And they start to point the finger at everybody else except for themselves. So there's an accountability that also has to come along with mm. that. And I was able to do that. You know, when I stepped back from the situation, I was like, okay, you know what? If I'm being really honest with myself, I know why that, that didn't work out. I should have done X, Y, and Z. I didn't. This is the result of that. So, yeah, I, I took a pause for a couple of years, you know, to really uh, reevaluate what I wanted. Um, and if I was going to do something the next time, how I wanted to go about doing it. But I always say you can knock me down nine as long as I get up the 10th time. <laughs> I love that. Stay in that. And that's where people get stuck. You know, when you start to just stay in that, you know, what you consider failure. I mean, you're going to count yourself out each time. Do you remember that conversation or what the conversations you had with yourself to get out of that two-year process? I know you said you had conversations with yourself. Do you remember what those conversations were and what things you were telling yourself? Just like I said, you know, it's a matter of really being real with yourself and 
understanding why it happened, you know, and oftentimes, whether it's business or relationships, I don't think we take the time to really do the introspective work. You know, we want to point out everybody else's fault or, you know, if more people came. Well, OK, I didn't <laughs> I didn't advertise the way I was supposed to <laughs> for more people to come, you know. And so it, it, it becomes that type of work that you have to do. And I think if you're someone who knows how to take ownership, you're able to get out of that rut a little quicker. I love it. Well, let's break down into Hey Lady a little bit more because I love this. Like you said, it came out of something that you were saying to your girlfriends. We look at Lena Horn and we think, hey, lady, you know, you could say it in so many different ways. So when building this lifestyle brand, what is it that you want it to to give to the world? What are you hoping that this leaves on the world? Because I know you said this is more than just a lifestyle brand. This is a movement. So I know that if God gave it to you, you're on a mission to change lives. So what impact are you hoping this will have? You know what? I just want people to live fully. I feel like so many people are just existing in the world. You know, you get stuck in a rut of the nine to five. You're waiting for the weekend. You run your errands and then you kind of start it all over again. And somewhere along the way, women have been taught that it's selfish to take care of yourself. And so we do everything for everybody else. And by the time we want to do something for ourselves, we're depleted. We have nothing left to give to ourselves. And I just want to change that narrative. And I always say, I remember listening to Oprah. Um, this is probably, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years ago. And something stuck with Will Smith was on her show. Mm. And he said to her, Oprah, when you're on an airplane and the mask drops from the ceiling, what does the pilot tell you to do? Secure your own mask before you put the mask on everyone else. And that is just how I live my life. I've got to take care of me first mm -hmm. before I have anything to give to anybody else. And so I just want women to know that that's not selfish that is you taking care of yourself so that you're able to give to everyone else. But somewhere along the way, society has taught us not to do that. That is really the biggest message that I want to convey. And again, where women are concerned, I just want them to, to live and just not just live, but thrive while we're here. And you know, that's so powerful to think about because who fed that to us that we had to give, give, give. And then at the end of the day, there's nothing left over for us. And I, I know that there are so many women, because I found myself in that situation in life before where you just keep giving and giving and then you wake up and maybe it's impacted your health or maybe it's impacted, you thought you were going to do something in your career and you, you haven't achieved that. So I think it's so powerful for women to really get back to who told you that and the stories that you're telling yourself. And I love that you're telling a new story because when I look at you, you say 40s is a new 20. You know, I look at your brand and you're traveling. I look and you're doing all these amazing things. So tell me about you changing that narrative. How are you hoping to change that narrative and what are you showing women is possible? Well, let, let me just go back to something you said. You said 40 is a new 20. 
No, it's not. 40 is 40. I don't okay. want to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, we, we I, had a lot to learn in our 20s. I, yes, yeah, sure. lot, I don't want to do that over again. So no, 40s is not the new 20s. 40 is 40. Okay. Okay. What I want women to be, I want them to be proud of that. See, again, when we say things like 40 is the new 20, it's almost like 40 is not good enough. Mm. Like we have to be careful with our words. No, 40 is 40, baby. And I'm damn proud to be 40. That's good. I don't want to be anything else, you know? And so again, just even in that changing that narrative of being 40, like I said, I don't want to be 20 again. You know, let me be who I am and let's start to um, celebrate Let's celebrate that. You know, let's not look down on it or make us feel like, you know, you need to put us out to pasture because, you know, we're 40 and like we're just some old people that, you know, don't want to still get out there and and do things. So for me, I get so many DMs, emails, messages from women that are just they will say, you know, God, I, I wish I had the courage to travel or I wish I wish I wish. And I'm like, well, why not? What's stopping you? You know, whether it's resources of money. Okay, so we can figure that out for you, too. You know, but at the end of the day, I I, I want women to know that I'm not an anomaly. I'm not the only one that's out here doing this. You can do it, too, but you have to prioritize it. And, And that prioritization is you, you know, putting yourself first to say, you know what? Mommy's going to take a little vacation, you know. I'm going to go away for the weekend with my girl or, you know, my husband or whatever and do it and not sit here and constantly let life just life pass, pass you by. Because it goes by fast. I mean, if you talk oh. about like when I think about my 20s, I thought I had a lot of time and you look up and it goes by so fast. And I love what you said and even correcting me in that because you said it. Language is powerful. And if I'm telling myself, girl, 40s is the 20, I'm saying there's something so much better about 20 and I'm not embracing the now and celebrating. You know, thank God that I made it to 40 and look, at I'm smarter, wiser, you know, all of those things that come with being 40. 40 is beautiful. I love it. You know, there's it's been a ride, but I would say I really, really love it. And I love the things that you're touching on through Hey Lady, which is fashion, which is travel, you know, which is business. So let's unpack that a little bit. What things do you hope to share through travel and and business and, you know, the other things that you're unpacking with that? Are you trying to get women, like I know you said, hey, you can do this, but what kind of things will you be sharing with them along the way on your from your own journey? Well, when it comes to travel, I think that like, I okay, so next week I'm on my way to Tanzania. So I'll be going to Africa next week. So and awesome. I, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I just think that a lot of these places for people are just some far off imaginary places. You know what I mean? It's like you see the globe and you're like, okay, you know, they just don't think that they're able to do it or they think that it costs a lot of money. You know, and I just want to show women that it doesn't, mm. you know, and really, it, really, okay. and, you know, matter of priority. Like, OK, so I, I have a video on YouTube, which is the tour of Italy. And in that video, I say that you can go to Italy round trip, airfare and hotel for twelve hundred dollars, which is about three dollars and sixty five cents a day for the next three hundred and sixty five days. So when you put it that way, it's like, OK, really? Yes. But there's a time in which you have to go. 
You know, so if I'm going certain places and I want to be economical about it, I'm going to go during the off season, you know, and I suggest going the off season because there's less tourists, everything is open to you and it's less expensive. So there are ways to do it. Again, it has to be a priority for you, you know, but hey, some women like handbags and shoes and that's where they're going to put their money, you know. But for me, it's like a matter of priority because it's something that I love to do. Um, I try the country at least three times a year and I just make it a priority to do it. And again, I just want to show women, hey, I'm not special. I'm not doing anything that's just out of this world or, you know, all this money. No, it's just a priority to me. And so that's what feeds my soul. And if you want to go, I'm your girl. I'll show you how to get there. I love that. What's been your favorite place? Oh, Ooh, I, I love went to Dubai. I did I see some pictures from Dubai. I'm like, oh, I said, oh my goodness, the beach. The beach, the sea, the desert. Dubai is amazing. I love Dubai, but my favorite is Italy. I, Italy really? Just, oh gosh, Italy has my heart. It's the people. They are the most hospitable people. I mean, I'm talking, come in my house and come eat dinner with me. I don't even know you, but like that type of thing. Um, and the thing with Italy is just that it's so old. So you're walking past the Colosseum, which is 2000 years old. You walk into it and you just are like, oh my gosh, you know, it just, your imagination runs wild thinking about the gladiators and everything else. And, and it's on every corner that you turn. So mm. where you go, you're just stuck with like, Wow, such amazing architecture. You know, every street tells a different story. And you've got the Mediterranean, you've got the Adriatic Sea, you've got the North is different from the South. Like, I can go on. And the thing with Italy is like, it's 20 regions. So the Italy mm. is set up by region and each region is different. So that for me is one of the reasons why I love Italy. And I love that, too, because I think as you're exposing women to this, why do you think travel is so important? As we talk about the aspects of, hey, lady, what is it about travel that you think women need to experience? Why do we need to be traveling? It just broadens your horizons like nothing else. You know, when you leave this country and you experience a different country, I, I always say, like, I just like to get lost and I just feel like nobody knows me. So there's this freedom that comes along with it. You know, and then there's the history, there's the food, there's the culture, there's the people. So just getting outside of your comfort zone, I think it also is a thing of, of fear, letting go of those fears. And as you start to navigate throughout this global world, you lose that fear. You know, it's like you can drop anywhere and I'm going to be OK. And I can make it. Yes. yes, wow. yes there's no greater sense than that. Yes. And then the next thing you're touching on is fashion, because when you hit 40, right, I love that you're so fashionable. You got it, girl. You know, that's my area I struggle in. So I need to watch. I need to be pinning every post, looking at everything. But why do you think you also wanted to touch on the fashion aspect of women over 40 in fashion? Again, so my love for fashion started, I always tell the story at the age of probably six. Six. Um, six. <laughs> so my uh, my mom, she subscribed to Essence, Ebony, Jet, you know, all those magazines. And uh, I just remember when I would open them up, these women were just so beautiful, Joy. And they mm. had 
these outfits by Givenchy and, you know, all these d- designers that I couldn't pronounce, you know, when mm-hmm. I was little, but it would, they were just beautiful. And I just love the garments. So I've always had a thing for fashion and I would rip the magazine up and plaster it all over my wall. And my mom would be so upset with me, but you know, and so I just grew up, you know, loving fashion. And again, when people get 40, I just feel like they feel like, okay, you know, no need, no need, <laughs> let me throw this little moo moo on. <laughs> no, we go from comfy. We get real comfy. We're like, ooh, real quick. Some real comfy clothes. <laughs> we can be comfy and cute, you know. At right. the same we can be comfy time. and cute. Yes, true, true. Right. And so, even though, like, you know, I have sweatshirts that are on the website. It's a sweatshirt, but okay, but I can still make it look cute, right? Even though, say, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't put on my heels and my jeans and a sweatshirt. Who said, you know, I can put my sneakers on and the sweatshirt and it's cute. And that's the thing that I really love the most about the logo is that little red lip on here. Mm-hmm. Like you can be, you can keep it all the way cute. What? And so what ha- what's happening is as people are sending me like their pictures and, you know, wearing the merchandise, they all have on that red lip. And I just feel like you don't even have to do your hair, mm-hmm. right? But the lips you stand out. Girl, you put on that red lip. I got my lips. I mean, they can't see me, but I do. It's not a red lip, but I got my lips on, girl. I do have my lips on today. <laughs> so if I don't leave the house with anything else, and if I decide I didn't want to do my hair that day, you put on a red lip, honey. You walk out and your your chest is poked out. Mm-hmm. Your like, I know I'm looking good. <laughs> right, right, right. So that's what I want to do. Hey, we we still got it, you know, but we can we can have it in a different way. That's all. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you know, the one other thing I wanted to touch about in your brand is entrepreneurship. You know, business. You're telling people that, and like you said, you've been an entrepreneur for for many years. But I think this is a great time for women in their 40s or older. If you got that dream in your heart, that it's not too late. What are you hoping to show them about entrepreneurship and looking at creative ways to make a difference? Well, I I always have been a believer of multiple streams of income. Um, If COVID has not taught us anything. Because you don't know. Yes. (laughs) You must have multiple streams of income. And I don't like when people say it's a side hustle. Because if it's a side hustle, that's how you're going to treat it as something that's Mm. side. Right. No, it's a business. It's another business that you have. Again, we talked about mindset, right? right? So if I attack it from that mindset, then I'm going to put the effort and the energy into that as well. And so for me, it's just all about multiple streams of income and just trying it. Just do it. Don't sit back and I wish I could. I should have. Try it again. If it doesn't work out, at least you try. And my dad used to say, nothing beats a failure but a try. And I mm-hmm. believe and I love that. Like you said, in three weeks, this dream that you had in your heart, you made it come into fruition. So, ladies, if you're sitting there thinking like, OK, how do I do this? I don't have time. I'm in my 40s. If you could do it in three weeks, the possibilities, like you said, I'm no different than anybody else, that the possibilities are endless for women out there if they would just shift their mindset around it. The best advice given to me was by one of my friends. His name is DeCarlo Wilkins. And he told me this years ago. He said, Tanya, you need to learn to get out of your own way. I love that. Powerful. And it's the truth. Yeah, because much of what's holding us back it has nothing to do with anything external. It's all 
internal. It's the conversations that we're having with ourselves. You know, again, so if we go from a space of lack or a space of I can't or a space of if, then that's what we're putting out because the universe, you know, it responds to all of the things that you say, both positive and negative, you know, and I always tell my son, I said, I, when he starts to talk about if this, I said, no, 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 we don't use if you say Mm -hmm. when this, Mm -hmm. because then you can see it happening. But if I say, if there's the doubt that it may not happen, Mm -hmm. right? We have to change the internal conversations that we're having with ourselves in order to set us up for success which I love that you're doing through Hey Lady. And I just have a few last questions for you. Now, I cannot have you on this show, girlfriend, uh-huh. and not ask you about your experiences with the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I wouldn't be a true podcaster or, or host if I did not ask you that. Yes, so, yes. you know, I've watched it for years. So I want to know, people, how did you even end up on the show? How did that experience happen for you? So... I remember just one night I'm sitting at home and Sheree Whitfield. So she was on that. She was on the house. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she called me out of the blue and uh, she says, what, what are you doing? What are you up to? And I was like, okay, Sheree, where are you going with this? And she's like, just, why don't you just come on the show? And I was like, oh, hell no. Uh-uh. Oh, my God. This was like the second season. Right. Mm-hmm. And so their first season, they got a lot of flack in Atlanta. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and, like, I don't know. You know, when you're doing something new, you know, you, you just you just don't know which way, you know, it's going to go. And so we talked and she convinced me and I was like, OK, I'll do it. And it just took off from there. And I had so much fun, but I realized quickly that I'm really not cut out for I won't say reality TV because I could see myself doing a different show, but I'm not cut out for that type of reality TV. Mm-hmm. What was it about th- that that made you say that? That say maybe you are cut out for it? Because we only see it from the TV perspective. You got to see the behind the scenes of all of that. So what kind of made your mindset go to that point? Well, first of all, I'm not a mean girl. Mm-hmm. And there are some aspects when you're doing reality TV shows to where it doesn't necessarily bring out the best in you. And so there are just some things I'm not willing to do in order to do television. You know, um, I will always conduct myself as a lady and not to say that they don't, but you know, there are certain scenarios or scenes that people are put into that doesn't bring out the best light. You know, and I am truly about uplifting women. So, you know, I don't do the throwing shade and all the, like, I, I just don't want to live in a perpetual, you know, just every day I got to think about who's trying to attack me or, you know, who's uh, saying something about, I, it's just not my person. You know, most of my friends that I have, I've had for 20 years, like I've got my, 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 Five, my top five, five, my Jen, my Simone, my Tramika, my Adrian. And, you know, it's just like we our core friendships are so important to me. And we've just never had that type of energy. You know, we are all just champions for each other. We love on each other. We support each other. 
And so that type of bickering and back and forth and all that is just not my person, you know, and I can totally understand that, you know, and, and, and you have no control over the editing. So that's the only thing. If I'm going to do something. I need to be the executive producer. Uh, <laughs> you got to know. <laughs> I need to be able to have some type of creative control in the process for the image that's putting out. You know, and that that's why I said for me, it was like, this was a beautiful experience, but I'm good. You know, what was the best part of the experience? Did you have a memorable, do you have a memorable scene or something that stood out to you in your mind that, that, you know, you think about all these years later? Absolutely. So um, there's a scene where Sheree and I go to the gun range and I am uh, teaching her how to fire her weapon. And, uh, you know, I was in the military. So when I did that scene, the outpouring of women that were in the military at that time, oh my gosh, the emails that I received, it was like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to, you know, see you represent us so well on TV. Because, you know, there's a stigma about what women look like in the military, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, that's the one thing that sticks out the most is that I was able to share that on TV and then the outpouring that came afterwards. Mm -hmm. Did you ever think in being on season two that it would be where it is today? You know, I didn't know. We didn't know what to expect. You just don't know, you know? And that's like with anything, with any product that you put out, you have no idea what the response is going to be. But I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that it's been on as long as it has been on. You know, there's some amazing women that have come through the franchise that have gone on to do some amazing things, you know, and it's it's done a lot for, you know, quite a few of the women, you know, in terms of business, in terms of branding and all those things. So it's not all bad, you know, mm-hmm. but you have to use it as well. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And you can't let it just use you. Right, right. Well, and the final question on that, was there any lessons that you learned through that? I know you said that you realized that that wasn't necessarily for you, but I'm sure it was like you said, a great experience. But were there any lessons that you've taken from that into your own journey now? And even with Hey Lady, because you do have a YouTube channel, so you are doing, you know, media and things along those lines. So is there any golden nuggets that you learned that you, you brought from that experience into where you are today? Just being able to have creative control, you know, Mm. knowing that this is the product that I'm putting out and it's all me. You know what I mean? Like I have creative control as to what goes out into the universe, you know? And so having that experience, it showed me the importance of why you need to have creative control because that editing is tricky. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see some things that were like, I don't remember. Wait, how did that come together? I mean... Yes. And you know, here's Joy. Everybody thinks it's scripted and it's not. Okay. You know, that was mm-hmm. what I got quite often and it's not cr- scripted. What is, I guess, scripted? They may say, okay, Joy and Tanya, we want you guys to go have lunch tomorrow, you know? And so we'll go have lunch. Right. And so you show up and let's just say you did your hair and I could say, oh, on camera, you know, we're talking and I could say, oh, Joy, your hair is really nice, but they forgot to cut the back of it straight. Something like that, right? <laughs> but then the editing will take all of that out, right? <laughs> they forgot to cut the back of her hair straight. And so that's what you see. And so you know what I mean? So like I said, that, that editing is a trick. Edi- did you feel you were portrayed act- accurately? Or do you feel like the editing sometimes can do that to people where they, 
you don't really get the full essence of who that person is. For me, because I was not a uh, a peach holder per se, you know, and I was the friend, I felt like, and because I was, I was very cognizant of what I was saying, you know, the things that I was doing, because at the time my son was like in, he was in kindergarten. So you're like, you're going to watch this someday. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I was like, what, what's not going to happen is one day he was like, mom, did you say that? So I was, I was really aware of kind of what was happening. However, I will say this. Um, a lot of times people will go, I can't believe she said that or she did this. It's because the camera is really small. Really? Oh my gosh. People think it's just this massive thing. Seriously? I'm no. thinking it's like they have no. a camera crew following no. you around, like big cameras. It's not like that at all. And so what happens is once you're engulfed in conversation, you forget you the cameras. Right. And that's what happens to a lot of people. Yeah, that's where you get. See, that's where you get. Oh, so you got these small cameras, and then over time, you're not even thinking about it. Not even thinking about it, and and that's what happens when you get in conversation, right? And then things get heated, right? Last thing you're thinking about is somebody's camera. So yeah, be careful what you say. Oh, that is good. But now you got creative control, girlfriend. Yeah. Next so for Hey Lady, I know you have the YouTube channel. Tell me about that, and where do you see you going next? This, what do you see as the future for Hey Lady? I know you have the movement, the lifestyle brand, but what else do you see in the future? You know, right now, Joy, it's all about consistency. That's really what I really am focused on right now. And honestly, living in the moment, you know, because I'm an, I am a true Aquarian and in true <laughs> Aquarian form, we are thinkers and we don't think about tomorrow. We think about like five years from now. Right, down the road, huh? It's a network. No. <laughs> and so I'm just learning to just live in the moment, celebrate the successes that I'm having right now. And making Hey Lady a household name. I love that. And if there were any final words that you could leave with a woman who's listened to your story today, she's, you know, saw your journey of how you're saying, hey, 40, embrace it, 40 and older, embrace it, celebrate it, go after your dreams, dress like you want to dress, be beautiful, do all of that. If there was a golden nugget, a few golden nuggets you could leave with that woman, what would that be? I'm going to say, uh, A, get out your own way. Like I said before, uh, B, faith without works is dead. Mm. So you can have all the faith and you can pray and pray and pray, but you got to put a little bit of work behind it. And when you start to do that, the universe will conspire to give you everything that you want. But you got to get out of your own way and you got to take that leap of faith. I love that. What a great way to end the show. You've got to take that leap of faith. And we are going to be following you on your journey. Like you said, you have t-shirts. Hey, lady, you have the YouTube channel. So they can check all of this out in the show notes to learn more about you. And just the up, just what you're doing and giving to women at a time in our lives where many people think our best days are behind us. You're truly showing us that our best days are still ahead of us. I really want you to let that seep deep into your soul. If your best days are still ahead of you, what will you do with them? As for me, I want to leave my mark on the world. I want to use every single gift God gave me, and I'm on my way. 
One of my gifts is helping women get their message out in the world through my latest program, Launch Your Talk Show with Sudden Impact. If you know this is your season for greater, let's chat. Stay with me up next on The Coach's Corner. We're delving deeper into the power of our words with mindset coach Javaria Malik. For years, negative self-talk stemming from a genetic medical condition kept her from living her best life. Not anymore. She's now impacting women from around the world with her own transformation story. Take a listen. I have a medical condition known as spinal muscular atrophy, and that's a very horrific genetic condition. If someone says that they have spinal muscular atrophy, the world is full of loss for them. So I was growing in a country, especially in Pakistan, where people told me that, you know, you have this kind of condition. What are you going to do in future? Who is going to marry you or how are you going to survive? And automatically these doubts, and I started saying myself, I started talking to myself that, you know what, Javeria, nobody is going to get married to you because you have this medical condition. Nobody is going to accept you. So these negative self-talks ended me into the wrong toxic relationship. Either it's friends, either it's a romantic relationship. So of course, if you're talking to yourself, you have to be very, very conscious it it really needs a lot of practice, patience now, because after coming into this coaching journey and this mindset journey, I'm really conscious towards what I talk, what I say to myself. Now, I don't need anyone's validation. You are your whole, you are totally your whole person, a new person. Why do you need, why are you looking for anyone's validation? That's so good. And these things, I, I must say that we need to be taught in schools, but then of course, they aren't taught in schools. What you know what I love about what you said is there's so many of us that the negative self-talk that we started on ourselves or saying to ourselves came from what other people said about us, right? And we internalize that. And then that's what we begin to speak to ourselves. So do you feel like in your own story, I know you said when you started to look at it, that it was having a huge impact. Was it a bigger impact than what you even realized? It was, it was. Even if I talk about my school, if I talk about my college, my university, teachers told me that I am a dumb person. I'm a goofy. I wasn't diagnosed. I was diagnosed at the age of 29. And that's too late. I mean, for someone who has this kind of a medical condition, they don't know that. And they said that you are a very slow learner. You don't understand simple tasks. Later, I got to know this year that I have ADHD as well. That is attention deficient hyperactivity disorder. But then, you know, I was fighting myself with these kinds of negative thoughts. I'm glad, you know, with the support of my family. And I don't know, I never, I'll say that I was talking negative in terms of telling me that, you know what, you are chubby. You have a wobbly body. I knew that I have a business mindset because I started my business in 2011 in Pakistan when I was 23 years old. So starting your own business after, uh, you know, finishing your university, just taking a six months gap and then started my business. It was, uh, it was a really, you know, something achievable for me. But then I was telling that, you know, you are fat, you have a wobbly body. So in terms of this, maybe people won't, 
be friends with you. Nobody is going to be in relationship with you. So you need to be clingy to them. Maybe you'll need to uh, give them gifts so that uh, they'll accept you. Wow. So I was a people pleaser. Whoa. So you really think when you're looking at it, that negative self-talk because you had told yourself you weren't enough because of all that you were dealing with, it caused you to people please. And it caused you to put yourself in situations or connected to people that weren't healthy with for you. Yeah. So how did you, what was the moment that changed? What happened that you said, I'm realizing I'm saying all these negative things to myself and it's impacting my life. What happened to make you, make you know that something needed to shift in your mindset? Okay. So if I tell you about, as I told you that I have a medical condition, apart from that, I was very strong because my family lives in Pakistan. And in 2016, I told them that I need to go to Dubai. And my parents were very skeptical that how are you going to live there without us? Because if you fall down, you can't get up on your own. And I said, I never wanted this to be with me, this medical condition. I do don't like it, but still I want to go there. I want to search for some work because I can't live there in Pakistan because it's a kind of a pity body, you know, country where people are going to sympathize you, where people are going to look at you that, oh my God, look at you. Why the God is so unfair. He gave you this kind of medical condition. I mean, why are they saying me this? So I came here. I and my family somehow supported me. And living alone in Dubai without my parents, without any caretaker, was an amazing and a challenging, struggling journey, which I absolutely loved. And I learned a lot about myself. So in terms of, again, career, I was very passionate because I wanted to become a makeup artist and then a baker. I'm an international certified makeup artist as well, but couldn't pursue it for so long because of my health condition. And uh, I was always fighting with my condition. I was never friends with my condition. So I ended up having nothing, no career. So in 2018, the end of December, I uh, started looking for coaching because one of my therapists, uh, physiotherapist, he said that uh, just try because I was a public speaker in Dubai. I used to go and tell my story so that, you know, I can tell other people that if I can do, why can't you do it? Stop being, you know, ungrateful. And I started even doing the uh, workshops about being grateful about the gratitude journey. And then he said that uh, you are my coach, a life coach. And I was like, what the hell is life coach? I searched <laughs> about the coaching journey and everything. And I started realizing that it is something really which can change my life. And uh, after that, I had a serious breakup with my boyfriend, which ended me. I was in depression for like four months. I was not going anywhere, sleeping 16 hours over here in Dubai with, of course, I do have friends, but then I never wanted to go out with them because it was just me. I just want to sleep. I hated the daylight. I was so scared of daylight. So later I realized that, you know, I'm doing wrong to myself because for me, my health, if I want to do exercise, my condition will get more worse and uh, I'll feel more old. I'll say that I look young, but you'll say I'm trapped in an old body, a very old body. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, so it's it's like that. So I said, OK, now you need to get up. It's OK. You need to cry. Do cry. But I know that 
you, I, I literally, I was scared of loneliness. Why I was scared of loneliness? Because I never faced it. How can you be fear something which you have never faced? So you need to face your fears to see that what's on the other side of it. So that's why, you know, I call fear a very innovative and a motivational tool. So I said, that, okay, take yourself out on a date with yourself, no matter what people say, because I always was depending on my friends. I was always going out with them because if I'm going to the restaurants, I needed help to get up. I was very shy to ask help from the waiters because what they will say, because that's what I saw in Pakistan, that people used to have sympathy on me and they used to say, oh my God, you know, you can't get up on your own. So I thought people are going to be the same here. But then I said, I don't care. I can't kill myself in the room. I need to go out. I am born like this. I love my life and I need to go. Still, you know, I was struggling with my mental and my physical health. And I said, okay, now you need to change your life. You need to be grateful for each and everything. Of course, it was not a quick fix. Still, I'll say that it was my breakup was last year and I'm still healing from it. And I'm loving this journey. And now, trust me, I don't need validation from anyone. Oh, I love that so much. So for people who want to understand more about your condition, explain to me what is happening to your body, because I know you're talking a lot about it and they may not have heard about it before. But explain to me a little bit more about how it impacts you on a daily basis. So for you, it's easy to hold a glass of water for so long, maybe for a minute. For me, it's not easy. It's very challenging. Maybe a lot of people can change their sides while sleeping easily. For me, it's a struggle. I need to grab one of my leg and then I have to put that down to, to change my sides. Sometimes it's very challenging for me to gulp a water. I have a breathing issue. I forget to breathe. The Dubai is very windy, so I need to be very focused. I'll say that, I won't say that it's a word to go, but I lose my balance and I'll just stick behind the wall and I won't move because it's too windy. I know when I walk and I can't I can fall down. So these are the challenges which I am facing on daily basis. So from what I'm understanding about your condition, it affects your muscles, like, like your muscles. Absolutely. My muscles and nerves. Your muscles and nerves. So it affects your muscles and nerves. And despite that, you started out where you had this mindset where you were thinking all these negative things. But then you started to tell yourself, no, I have so much to offer the world. I can do so many things. And you started to change how you talk to yourself so much so that you moved to Dubai. Like you did, you know, you started a coaching business. Like you really started transforming your life just through your mind. Yeah. And it is really, really powerful. People need to understand that your mind is so powerful that you don't need anyone. Still, of course, I'm a human being. I do want to be in a relationship, but then I, Keep telling myself, the perfect guy won't tell me that, hey, girl, you have a medical condition. I can't marry you. And I, if somebody says me, then go to your way. Because I tell myself, well, my condition is very, very expensive. So I say that, you know, people can't afford expensive stuff. 
So you need to know your worth. Well, I love that your positive outlook and to see how you've been able to um, use your positive outlook and mindset. Like you said, you believe that your mindset can heal your body and your mindset can change your outlook on life. And if you change your outlook on life, everything can change for you. So if there was a woman who was struggling right now, who was telling herself negative things, maybe I'm not enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not pretty enough, or I'm not good enough. What would you say to them? And how can they begin to change their own mindset? I'll tell them that you need to be very patient in terms of rewiring your brain because it's not a quick fix. You need time. There will be days where you feel like that. What the hell I'm doing? You won't be believing in yourself, but then you need to be consistent. I was like that. It's been a year that I have transformed my, I have, you know, rewired my brain telling myself that you don't have this kind of condition. You are, you know, there are a lot more where I can add value in other people's life. So start phrasing yourself. Nobody is going to tell you that you are pretty Even they will tell you, but you don't know that either they're telling you from the pure intentions or how they are telling you. So it's better to tell yourself that who you are, because I know everyone is worth having their life. I mean, you are amazing. You don't need me to tell you that, hey, girl, you are amazing. You know that you are amazing. I love that. So when you're saying in terms of rewiring your brain, so you literally believe that but you can start to rewire your brain and how you think. So even if you don't necessarily, because some people may say, but I don't feel good about myself. What do you do if you don't feel good about yourself, but you know you want to rewire your brain? How does that work? These arms are really wobbly. Still, a lot of people, my, you know, my nieces, they touch my tummy and they say that, you know, your tummy is a jelly. I want to have that freaking sexy body when I, my trainer, my personal trainer, she has an amazing sexy body. I train every day and it's been almost 10 years I'm training. But then why the hell my body is not getting that? People tell me, but my body is jelly. I love that body. What I do is I don't wear a sleeveless because I don't like to show my arms because they are, you know, wobbly and jelly. So now what I do, I stand in front of the mirror and I said that, Nobody is going to tell you that your arms are perfectly fine and you are beautiful in your own skin. And now, trust me, I've started loving my arms, my stretch marks, my jelly body. It's my body. I love it, whatever I wear. Mm, So did it start, you said, would you literally do that, look in the mirror and start saying things to yourself? Was that kind of a catalyst for helping you to kind of start believing in your mind what you, you were telling it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you need to do this every day. You need to talk to yourself. You need to share stories with yourself first. And do you think too, that building, dealing with your self-talk really starts with, you said, kind of creating a relationship with yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the key ingredient. That's how you will get to know yourself. How can you rewire yourself? How can you transform yourself? How can you be confident? How can you love yourself until unless you don't know about yourself? For that, you need to spend a quality time with yourself. And how do you do that? Because a lot of people may say, how do I spend quality time with myself? What did you do to spend quality time with yourself? 
you'll be scared to spend that time with you. You will be scared to go alone. But then you have to force yourself to get out of that comfort zone. What I did was I took myself out and I started phrasing each and everything. I took my book, my pen. I started writing. I started reading because I live near beach and it's a very beautiful view here. So what I do is I take myself out and I, I know I was crying on the roads. But then I said that it's okay. It's me. I don't care if people are watching or not. I need to heal myself. I need to know more about myself. So I started taking myself out on the dinners, shopping alone. As you improve your relationship with yourself, it changes your self-talk and how you think about yourself. And I remember one time somebody told me that, would you say these things to a best friend and look at yourself as like a best friend? And if you wouldn't say it to your very best friend, why would you say it to yourself? Are there any other things that you think about like that? Or does that resonate with you? Yeah, maybe I can add something or maybe you have listened that before. What are you going to say to your five years old self if that person is doing the same thing? So how are you going to talk to them? So talk to yourself that way. If you are going through a struggles, what are you going to tell a five-year-old self going the same struggles which you are going now? I love that because you know what I really enjoy about what you said about that is remembering it's that kindness, right? Because when you think about a five-year-old, you're not going to go, you're dumb. Why did you do this? And Absolutely. You're going to tell them that, you know, you are ugly. You can't do that. Then why are you telling yourself that? I keep telling myself that. I love you. And my brother, he says now, you are so obsessed with yourself. I don't know. I keep looking myself in the mirror and I have fallen so much in love with myself. Oh, and you want that for every woman. Everyone, everyone, because I know that every life is very precious. What a powerful way to end this segment. If you'd like to connect with Javaria, check out the show notes. On Instagram, she shares her journey and daily inspiration. That's going to do it for another episode of The Joy Sutton Show. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. I would love to hear from you. And as always, remember, this is your time to shine.